All right. You're, 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 you're listening. You're listening to Enter the Enter the Critic. Enter the Critic. With Chris Clump. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bitches? <laughs> Matt Schaefer. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. Suck a dick. <laughs> and Parker Lynch. Yeah, uh, suck ten dicks. I'm yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, oh, no. It's the old man who lives upstairs. <laughs> How you kids in your movies? What you doing? Shut up, Grandpa. Why don't you go die? <laughs> <laughs> he just died. <laughs> awesome. Why don't you go get on Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now, now, what he do? Well, he's been posting about Star Wars, and so you know, Andrew Coon started posting. I started posting, just like. You know, talking to him because he said about how his his original post was they replaced Jabba with CGI in the Blu-ray version of Episode Four, and I'm like, Jabba's not even in Episode Four. Guy, it's like I forget his name, the character's name, but he's like this fat guy with. Well, no, no, no. That was original. That was the deleted scene. Yeah, that's not in the original. That's not even in. No, No. in the original cut. Never, never. Jabba originally. That made me feel really old because I think that's what it is. I think a lot of these guys just saw not the original version. Right. The original version. I have seen the originals, but I apparently always. If you thought that scene's in there, because that's. The guy with the satchel? Yeah, that's 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 nothing. nothing. Maybe I've seen a cut that just has it. No, no, no. Okay. Right. But that cut was put back in. What what are you saying? In in the original 1970s version, that scene's not even in there. And then in the first round of special editions, yes, they it put is that scene in there. it's it's a, it's just a fat dude with a satchel. Yes. Then in the second, that's round, probably what I've seen. Yeah. Right. The second round of special editions, they then put a CGI Jabba, Jabba who and, and he it's like terrible. actually yeah, and he actually moves over some people. Like he like clip error. He has a clipping error clipping with a error. few people. Yeah. Where he just awful. like moves through them if you look closely. <laughs> it's it's just awful. like wow, what are you doing, George Lucas? But but like so in the very original, there's no Jabba. At all, okay, right. Because like when I was growing up, you didn't hear but, about Jabba well, okay, but until Empire. I was confused back. because Spencer said they replaced Jabba, and the right. guy there is like his representative. No, no, the, that guy that is. He was originally Jabba. Originally right. was just a big dude. Yes, he was like a fat guy with a with like a Britishy accent. Yeah, when, or the original script Jabba was this big guy because they couldn't figure out how they were going to make a giant worm, and then they cut him out entirely. Jabba's only mentioned twice. Right. I think like um, Greedo mentions right. Greedo it. Greedo like, says, I love "Yeah, Greedo. something about Jabba. Jabba," and he's like, "Hey, even I get bored at sometimes." Right, and then that's it. That's the only reference to Jabba in the entire yeah. first, like, uh, a New Hope. Yeah, Tr- Matt, trust me. Me and Parker have seen Star Wars way yeah. more yeah. than you, and have. we're very old. <laughs> I'm very old anyway. No, no, I, 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 I watched Star Wars before Special Edition was even a thing. Like, right, before any of the remakes were any other thing. So yeah. like it no, does. I trust you guys. I just yeah. for some reason I always thought the fat guy with the satchel was there. That right. was the first special edition, which came out in two. F- no, I was in middle school when it came out. Yeah, and I remember thinking this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
Even even my middle school mind was like, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I think if you look, I think I was looking it up to post something to Spencer. If I, I think I typed a new hope, Jabba, and there was like a, here are all the differences. Yeah, special edition changes. So, 97, Star Wars A New Hope first premiered, the 97 special edition. And in, there's uh, one of the things is, in a scene cut from the original release, Han escapes Greedo only to confront Jabba the Hutt himself. And originally he was not a giant slug-like alien, but a large human with a strange furry suit. And so they put that scene in, in the 97 cut. Right. And then in the... 2000, I guess. Yeah, the, 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 the one where they re-released him in theaters is where Jabba. New, that's yeah. when they put the Jabba. CGI Jabba. CGI Jabba. And that's, Jabba. And it's that's the one where Greedo shot first. No, no, no. Greedo shot first in the 97 Origi- cut, Han too. shot first. Right, Han. No, no. Wait, Han Greedo shot, shot first in the original. Yes, Han shot first in the original. And then when, and then did, the, when did they make Greedo 97. shoot first? Right. In 97. 97 he shot first. Yeah. And then they yeah, changed it, it again yeah, in 2000 <laughs> where they shot at the same time. Exactly. And they changed it again. <laughs> See, That's the thing. When you I don't even care. I'm not even mad that you know more about this stuff because it's all bullshit. Right. Like, why is there all this shit? Because Lucas cannot just keep his hands off it. Uh, Lucas has I, to I keep will, his hands on I, everything. I will put... Plug the same thing that I plugged in the in the thread on Spencer's wall. In that everybody should check out um, Star Wars Revisited. It's called a guy. He only has so far. He has only released a New Hope, but he will. He is working on Empire Strikes Back, and he is. Slated, I've heard about this. He's slated to release at the end of by the end of this year. And yeah. basically, what he does is he fixes every movie mistake. In the in every Star Wars movie of the of the original trilogy, so like A New Hope is out, and if there's ever a shot where like you know it would cut and then it cuts back and like the person is holding a cup and then they're not holding a cup, like he fixes those with like <laughs> yeah. practical effects. He'll reshoot things. He'll get a costume made up and just shoot somebody's hand holding the cup and then put it over top of the yeah. Plate. It's really like, crazy. He, he fixes it like practically every single movie mistake. That's apparently, crazy. I will say this. I will say this. Apparently, this is from what I've read online. This is ruining his life. Oh yeah, yeah. like it's destroying. He, he definitely, he definitely spends a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like, apparently, he's like still living with his parents because he devotes all his time to this. And it's <laughs> apparently it's ruining his life. But it's really awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. If you watch the like the New Hope is out there. Obviously, he can't really release it in any real way. It's just like a torrent you find. Right, right. Called a New Hope. Well, there's also the. D right, whatever, specialized right. version, which I but have yet to watch those. The, the they're good. They're just you know they just removed all the stuff you know. Right. But uh, but if you watch his New Hope revisited, and then you go back and watch like any version of New Hope, you're like whoa. Like you don't really like I I hadn't watched it in a while when I watched his revisited, and I kind of got through it. And I was like, I don't really I didn't really notice that many changes. And then I went back and watched the original. I was like, you're like holy oh, crap, a lot because of changes. my brain took out all the mistakes and then so he made a version that is what you yeah, imagine i mean i don't know i don't know that i i could think of many off the top of my right. head but like even... like he like he he t- he basically got the version that's in your head when you think about star wars you go oh star wars is great and you just like forget about all the weird continuity things yeah, or once in a while errors. weird errors and then because obviously you don't really pay attention to them in your brain, like. Right. And then he made that version, so like if you compare the two, you're like, "Holy crap! Look at all these problems!" Right. It's um, funny because if if what George Lucas had done 
is what this guy is doing, nobody would have cared. Like, nobody would have taken issue with it. Right. Like, I think people would have questioned his motives of, like, why are you taking a movie that you made years ago and trying to just, like, fix all this stuff? Right. But it's all, like, mechanical. It's all, like, practical. It's and mostly it's, practical. He'll it's do, stuff, once in a while, it's, he'll do It's CG, not but, changing right. the essence of the right, movie exactly. itself in any tangible way. It's basically just cleaning it. Right. Yeah. Versus what George Lucas did, which is altering it. Altering yeah. it. He's and not only that, but like gloss, putting this sheen on it that you're like, what are you... Why well, not even there? a sheen, really. It's like a whole new coat. Right. A that's whole why, new color. That's why I absolutely love, if you guys watch the, the latest, when, when Jaws was re, remastered for Blu-ray, um, there's a special uh, featurette of how they remastered and what they did. And every time it cuts back to Spielberg, he kept saying... Like, you can tell he almost wants to say, this isn't Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> We're not exactly. reading Because he keeps going, this is the Jaws that you remember. He and yet, like and yet Spielberg has been guilty of this, too. Oh, yeah, with E.T. 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 Well, yeah, but nobody likes E.T. What? What? Get out, Get out of my house. Like e. T. You I don't like E.T.? I don't really care for E.T. What? That's okay. It has been... It has been you probably, it has probably been 20 this years is, since I've seen th- it. Listen, this is going to be a problematic episode because... Oh, no, that's next episode. We're next reviewing episode, Taxi Driver. Yeah. Okay, I'll save that. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Enter the Critic, a podcast where each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. My name is Chris Klump. With me, as always... Is Matt Schaefer. Thank, thank you, Matt, for that very interesting <laughs> intro. You're welcome. Uh, and of course, Parker. Uh, this week we're discussing the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, before we get into that, let's get into some news. All right, real exciting. GI oh, yeah. Joe director John M. Chu tackling Jim and the Holograms next. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? Are you serious? <laughs> wait, what? We're getting a Jim the Holograms movie? John M. Chu, the director of GI Joe Retaliation, will be picking up another '80s property from Hasbro. <laughs> Gem and the holograms. Great, great. Uh, didn't we already get this movie? It was called Josie and the Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats is a good movie. No, that is a, it is a, that is a very legit, funny. that is a legit funny <laughs> movie. Isn't Alan Cumming in that? And he's like really funny. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of people in that that you're like, what, right. what are you doing? But so, why why are we getting a gem? So the- hold up, hold up. As as someone oh. that that was born in 1987, yeah. the only things that I cared about in the 80s were things that like were for boys and, like, carried over into, like, the into early the 90s, 90s that I would have right. cared about. Right. As such, I have no idea what Gem and the Holograms okay. is. It is an 80s cartoon. Okay. Gem is excitement. Gem is <laughs> excitement. <laughs> Chris is quoting the, the theme song. But there is <laughs> there, it's about a band, and they're very 80s, like very Cindy oh, Lauper. very 80s. Like, just, like, with the with the get-ups and the, the huge, whole pink huge hair, hair or whatever. Yeah. So they, they do this, like, kind of like four-girl band or something, and something they're like, like Jim, that, yeah. Jim and the Holograms, and they sing these songs. And then she can transform into Jim, like, I guess that's the alter ego is named Jim, right? Yeah. And then yeah. she fights crime? Something like that. It's been she, a long she time. Does, she does. She she's does. Some sort of she's fighting basically a crime. cartoon version of Hannah Montana. This, it is. Like, it is a cross between um, Josie and the Pussycats, like yep. back in the day. But it's also like Sailor Moon. I was just like going to say this looks yep. like a super Americanized right. '80s version of. In it fact, is very. Yeah, Sailor Moon. yeah. It's I'm, very, very Americanized. Uh, to this Sailor is a Moon. very troubling Google image search that. I <laughs> You uh, should not stay, have stay away from the DeviantArt page. Uh, stay away from DeviantArt. Yeah, there's definitely like anime mock-ups in which <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much just Sailor Moon. 
Yeah, but yeah, it is it is very similar to that. Now, they, do we have any actors or? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. Do we have a cinematographer? <laughs> <laughs> but is Tak Fiamojo going to take this? This is how ridiculous it is that people are assuming that this is the, a ten day lead up to a April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like it's only March 20th, so to prepare for that's a help. But they're playing the long con on that one. At they have a website, gemthemovie.com. Listen, at this point, okay, no, this is this is wonderful. If people are now getting so into April Fools, they're like, all right, we need to start early this we year. We planned all year. All right, let's get like a cast ready and let's do interviews with them all throughout like we'll, March. We'll shoot a movie. Like we'll actually make a movie. <laughs> April Fools. We just spent a hundred and seventy million dollars. Oh, I cannot. But, well, you know what? No, this cannot be an April Fool's joke because yeah. this is something st- uh, so stupid that I think Hollywood would back it. Yeah. Like, all right, we got this. Got got an '80s property. Hey, hey, People listen. are going to recognize yeah. it. Yep. What else are they going to do? Create original content. All right. What else? I don't want to talk about fucking gem of the holograms anymore. Uh, not that this is crazy news, but start. Uh, D- Disney did strike a new IMAX deal, so pretty Ooh. much all their movies coming out in the, in the all, especially all their big movies, will all be in IMAX. So Excellent. We nice. got Maleficent, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Avengers: Age of Ultron, Tomorrowland, and Star course, Wars Episode Seven, yes, and so on and so forth. Nice. So we will see IMAX treatment for all of those. So that's good to know. It means Matt, you can get your ear ble- ear bleeding <laughs> audio, like just blasting would, you out of the back of mm-hmm, your chair. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, I would, mm-hmm. I would watch a movie in IMAX on my laptop, but then in the theater with the sound, <laughs> but then yes, just have the screen yes, in front the of me. Right in front I would of still enjoy that because just too. that sounds awesome. Me too. I would just be like sitting here on my computer and then just. Even the worst movie I've seen in uh, IMAX, yeah, what which is that? Uh, was the last Die Hard film, mm. um, even that, I was just like, man, this movie's terrible, <laughs> but man, this sound is great. I'm trying to think what the worst movie I saw in IMAX was. I guess it was, I guess it was Thor, the first Thor, but that was only because the 3D, like, was not was not uh, complementary to the action. And oh, okay, point. I was about to say because. The Thor first was Thor's good. really good. The Thor movies, which is the three D didn't didn't settle well was, with him. Was like they I don't know if they f- they fixed it recently because I don't usually have a problem with three D, but all the action in Thor was just like a blur on the screen. Like I didn't see anything. That Where was were going you on. sitting? That has a just lot to do with it. Were you still normal? Normal, normal okay. place, and yeah. just in the back, you know, just whatever in the center. And Maybe like, it was something it was, with the lens or something. I, I I've heard this from few people about the first Thor movie, and I think it was just. It was just the way they chose to do Yeah, cuz I've heard I heard it was better sequences. for the second. Right. Yeah. The way they chose to shoot the action sequences with the 3D, they did not I wonder if it was other. post It probably 3D. was. Well, that would be that would explain yeah. a lot. Though. No, definitely. Yeah, so. I think that was So, fun, I actually have some news since we're talking about IMAX. All right, hit me. And of course, it's news that I always need to address cuz it's about Jurassic Park World. Yes. Uh, IGN recently had an interview with the director Colin Trevorrow. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Close Colin, enough. Colin Trevorrow. Uh, and they are actually shooting the movie in uh, in a two-to-one ratio, which is 
odd for regular screens, but will fit nicely on IMAX. And the other big part of his interview is uh, he revealed that there will be one character, and I guess just one character, returning from all the way back in the first film, which is Dr. Henry Wu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember, he was the gentleman in the uh, breeding room as the velociraptors were being born who discussed the biology of the uh, sort of way the... The way they breed the dinosaurs, yeah, how they bred them. So that'll be interesting. That's very exciting. I for a quick second. Oh, that's B.D. Wong from uh, Law and Order fame. If anybody watches oh, Law and Order, really? Yeah, I did not know no, that. That's who plays him. Oh, I never really brought that connection. Wow. Yeah. For for a quick second, I was really hoping to somehow bring back Muldoon, <laughs> being that he's yeah. the best <laughs> character in the first movie. No. Yeah, we have a dead. cybernetic Muldoon, or you find out that Muldoon is just a clone. <laughs> they just have a thousand Muldoons. That's one of my favorite things about the uh, the Lost World is the fact that they essentially bring his character back spiritually with, uh, what's that actor's name? The Australian actor that died not too long ago. I loved him. He was such a great actor. Oh, I'm, not, look it up. I'm not sure. Let me look it up. He has like the coolest Wait, name, the, too. The guy, the guy with the raptors that you were saying? But in the second one, The Lost World, oh. The Hunter, he was a somewhat yeah, prominent didn't Australian. S- I didn't see the second one all the way through. Oh, I love the I love the Lost World. It's not anywhere near as good as the first one, but it's still really. I fun. have yet to see it all the way through as well. Uh, <laughs> we should watch it if it ever comes to Netflix. We'll have to. Review I have it, it on Blu-ray. Name. You bought it for me for my wedding. <laughs> oh, I did because I got you. Oh, Pete got- Postlewaite. Oh, that's right. Pete Postlewaite, Pete Postlewaite. plays the uh, hunter, and he's pretty much just Muldoon yeah, too. Much, yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, I, I, killing him off was such a shame. I think I think in the book he actually survives. I believe he does. I yeah. can, it's been a while since I've read it, but I think he does survive. He like takes out the yeah because he, he takes out the T Rex with a with a rocket launcher. Essentially, or some shit yeah. Like that. Essentially, Ian Malcolm dies in the book, but then they they bring him back anyway. Right. Yeah. Even though pretty much he's dead at the end of the first yeah. book. Yeah. So, well, that's exciting. It still thinks it should be Muldoon, though. Yeah, now back to news by me. Okay. The All news right. man. The news guy. Sorry I'm a respected it. newsman. <laughs> steal your thunder there. He's going I don't the know if you know how here. much work I do. <laughs> five minutes before you start the podcast. Sorry, bro. He literally, opens, your he literally opens anywhere from five yeah. to six tabs. There's tabs <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I know Dude, that's sometimes tactic. you got to switch hey, between them. Hey, you don't need to tell me about tabs. I got to control W. I know, it's tough. <laughs> Man, it's tough crazy. with all them tabs. <laughs> Got to put in some serious tab management <laughs> skills. All right, so uh, Doug Lyman is in talks to direct Tom Hardy in a Splinter Cell adaptation. Ooh. Nice. I, I, I've been surprised that we've been this long without a Splinter yeah, Cell movie. I agree. Because like, it came out in the late 90s, yeah, I, I think. I think the first Something one like probably that, that long. Wasn't on the original PlayStation? Yeah. yeah, it was a, definitely at least the original, if not very early PlayStation 2. And I feel yeah. like it's such an easy property to to put to film. Cause Absolutely. It's exactly. Just, it's essentially just a Tom Clancy movie. <laughs> right, Pretty, right. And only with more action. plenty of Tom yeah. Clancy movies, uh-huh. but we've never seen any Splinter Cell. And Splinter Cell... The games have been going on forever, so it's they're, surprising. They're huge, yeah, yeah. They're really big, so, so that's exciting. We'll see, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we got uh, Doug Lyman, you know, born identity, Mr. Right. Mrs. Smith. Right, so yeah. we're excited. So he, he's 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 in his wheelhouse. Yeah, so, uh, a, a solid solid action. And it's director. Tom Hardy. Yeah, and it's Tom, Tom Hardy. Yep. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So we're good with that. All right, this is the exciting news that I've been waiting to talk about. George R. R. Martin. Says that Game of Thrones will wrap up in the theaters. Woo! 
So they'll have the, the TV series up into a certain point, and then it will wrap up in a maybe one or two movie deal. So. I, I don't see why they wouldn't go that route. I mean, they did spend how much money on the Sex and the City movies? And yeah. nobody cares about that. So my question is, <laughs> or at least I don't my care qu- about that. My, my question is, well, I have a number of questions. First, being uh-huh. that's that's a bold statement from a man who has yet to finish the Dale series. Whoa, whoa, uh, uh, well, the, the Winds of Winter are finished. They're editing it right now. Okay, it has a release date, but that, that but fall that's still, there's still not the final book. There's still two after that, right? <laughs> there's still no, there's still one after there's that. One but, after but, that. but he Promise has of spring. Supposedly, he had it all written, and he's splitting it into these last two books. Okay, yeah. So like, I know he had the, I know he had the skeleton outline. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Apparently, I think it's a lot he, mostly he, written. He, he he was going to write this last book, and then when he was finished, it was over. Was it over 3,000 pages? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> so he was like, nope, we're splitting that bad boy up into two. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, but, uh, th- so he, it, it, this is what he said in his interview. Okay. It depends on how long the main series runs. Uh, do we run for seven years, eight years, ten years? The books get bigger and bigger in scope. It might yeah. need a feature to tie things up, something with a feature buzzet like $100 million for two hours. Those dragons get real big, you know. <laughs> Spoilers. But like that, that would that like is a is a uh, would be a great way to kind of wrap up like because I'm sure it's going to have a very climactic. Oh, ending. it would almost have to. So like maybe just like the last bit of it, just have you know almost like the last episode uh, or two be on the yeah, big screen, right? You know, I, I think just essentially maybe like sense. a two and a half hour movie that would serve as like the last episode. Yeah, right. that'd be cool. That'd the be the only thing that's weird is to imagine uh, a movie that's very much dependent on you watching the series. Like, oh, absolutely! So, like, like when you talk about Sex in the City, the movie. Like, granted, they're mostly targeting the Sex in the City audience, but I feel like the average person could sit down oh, yeah, and, my, and uh, my, figure it out pretty quickly and well, just watch here's it. Melissa brilliant. got invited to the last Sex and the City movie. Like somebody, one of her friends was like, hey, let's go watch it. She had never seen the show. She's like, yeah, I followed along. Yeah, so yeah. she got it. I can't imagine somebody just going like, hey, what's this Game of Thrones I've heard so <laughs> here's, much about? Here's what's brilliant, though. You got the built-in audience of the show, which is large. Yes, absolutely. A rather large. large following. So you're going to make a lot of money there just from those people. Anyone who hasn't seen it, if they want to, they're going to have to catch up by watching the show. Right. Or at least watching some of the show. Yep. Yeah. And HBO will make that really because hard. Because they'll make money from people who are like, sure. oh, I want to see this movie because some of my friends want to see it, but right. I've never watched Game of Thrones. And then they have to get all these episodes and from HBO. It sounds like they might have to watch 10 seasons. Yeah. Ten <laughs> yeah, 10 seasons. Season. Good luck with that. <laughs> But uh, there, there is talks about uh, another bit of Westeros getting uh, a yes, the- yes theatrical treatment. We might be seeing the three novellas that he wrote, the tales the of prequels. Duncan Egg. They're yeah, they're very prequels. Like they're, they're almost two hundred so years. far that you don't even realize that it's the it's just basically in the same world. Yeah, uh, but it's very very far removed. Basically, it's uh, you know. Um, Meister Eamon from The Wall, the yeah. really old guy. It's like his br- older brother when he's like 15 Air- Aragon or, or, or Aegon something. or something. A- like Aegon or Aegon. I forget. I don't know how you pronounce it. But yeah. the like when when Aegon is like fourteen or fifteen. So like Master Aemon's supposed to be like a hundred and fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. So it's, wow. it's about a hundred plus because it's his older brother. So like yeah. it's you know maybe a hundred and fifteen maybe years hmm. before it. 
And then there's another book, some I forget what it's called, something about a princess, where that's like 200 years before. Wait, Isn't there another novella? Uh, I don't think there is. I think oh, it's just the three of Tales and Duncan Egg. Oh, I thought there was one. I read something. Okay, well. Maybe he, he's working on something. He could be working on something else. Who knows? <laughs> he but. Just, just like, But what Matt says, he should finish the book. Oh, absolutely. And then the work book. on anything yeah. else. Yeah. Let's, let's stay focused here. <laughs> <laughs> let's be. Let's not get out ahead of ourselves, George. I, uh, I, I, I heard we're all worried that you're going to die before you finish. Yeah, yes. and I like, will do... not stand for that shit. <laughs> how does it feel to be such a popular, like, nerdy author, and then on the same, on the flip side, like everyone's just constantly reminding you of right. your mortality? Yep. Yep. <laughs> like he must lead such a weird existence because oh, he's yeah. this super nerdy guy. Who, by all rights, should not be on the cover of like E no. magazine and being not like interviewed on like Hollywood, <laughs> whatever. And here he is. But in the same token, like it's this like general appreciation and also worrisome because everyone like outside of this community is just like, is he all right? <laughs> he does not look well. No, he's... I love these books. Is he going to finish them? Are you okay? Maybe you should join a gym. <laughs> I absolutely love, I forget which band it is, there's some indie rock band who uh, wrote a song about the, the Game of Thrones just book series, Yeah, and uh, they refer to George R. R. Martin as the Great Bearded Glacier, because <laughs> 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 he's just so slow at pushing out books. Perfect. Very nice. <laughs> but yeah, every time I see like the press photos of the Game of Thrones like red carpet treatment, every time you see George R. R. Martin, you're like, you don't belong here. <laughs> like, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing here? <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm ex- super excited for the idea of a full, uh, feature length film. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So. Target date 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's exciting, nonetheless. Uh, and then finally, just because he's a show favorite, Attack the Block director, Joe Cornish. Yes. We'll mm. be working on a new um, project. Called Section Six, okay, a historical spy thriller hmm. that will star unbroken lead Jack O'Connell. Um, it will focus on the founding of MI6 during World War One. Oh, following the agency's huh. first director, Serge George Mansfield's Cummings, who inspired the character M in the long-running James Bond franchise. Cool. So, um, yeah, I'm down with that. So we'll see, but yeah, I'm, I, I, anything. Joe Cornish does. I'm 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 excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very excited. Especially those hens. <laughs> I love them. He is also being shortlisted for Star Trek 3, it says here. Really? This, must, it, it must be, this is from This is actually from November that they announced this, but he is on the the short list of people that that they're considering. All right. Well, Which, I'd be down yeah. with that. Yeah, definitely. The special effects, like the use of special effects in Attack the Block was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. yeah. If you have like, not seen Attack the Block, like maybe if it comes to Netflix, yeah, Instant Watch will definitely do a review. Oh, definitely because, if it comes to Netflix. Instant but Watch. if you can, if you can see it in the meantime, or even just buy it, it is worth. It you is will, so you will enjoy it. owning it. Yeah, that movie is so fun. So, all right. Well, moving on. Let's get to uh, some trailers here. That's where Matt's theme song is going to go. <laughs> Trailers, party time! Oh, wait, I actually, have to, I actually have to do one. No, no, don't you remember? You did one last time, and I said I was going to save it. I did. Oh, good. <laughs> what was it? You did a West remember? Side ver- story uh, oh, version yeah, of the trailer. Trailer time! Trailers! I just saw a whole bunch of trailers. Trailers! Oh, I'm so glad. 
something. We should, we should, we just, we should put some music to that. Really <laughs> spruce it up a little. Yep. Well, I'm definitely putting that there. So, okay. all right. Uh, the first trailer we watched, The Giver. In a seemingly perfect community, without war, pain, suffering, differences, or choice, a young boy is chosen to learn from an elderly man about the true pain and pleasure of the real world. All right, this movie stars Meryl Streep, Alexander Star- Skarsgård. Can't say his name without sounding Skarsgård. like a pirate. Katie Holmes, Taylor Swift. I don't know about that. Uh, and Jeff Bridges. More importantly, this is based on the much-loved book by Lois Lowry. Which I have not read. The I Giver. Feel, I feel like I need to read. Yeah. You, um, I'm really surprised you went through your life without reading it. I, I, I always like, saw it in the library, and I thought, what's this book about an old man? I'm not interested <laughs> in this. It's going to be something with a robot or spaceships in it. <laughs> and you're like, hmm. And then I saw this trailer, and I thought, that's a science fiction book? <laughs> Damn, I got to read no this idea. now. No clue. Yeah, that, that's upsetting. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to hear that you went <laughs> hey, through all that time. No, no if, more upsetting than for me. Honestly, for a lot of people, I mean, I don't know, like, you know, tons, but I think for a lot of people, this is the... The, their introduction to science fiction because this is a book that was being pushed at the time when I was a kid as like when it was just coming out and was winning tons of awards. It was like, hey, check out this book. It's for young adults. It's for kids. You know, that teenage, you know, preteen years. Read this. And it's like, cool. And then you're like, I want to read more of this. So ah. definitely a, a gateway book into the science fiction yeah. world. The um, the trailer looks really interesting. Uh, I really like the whole aesthetic it 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 almost looks like equilibrium but better <laughs> uh, i'm curious like equilibrium. i'm curious what you think though having not read it like if you understand what's going on probably not okay um, not, not like i would say anything but i thought they did a really good job of making it look like whoa i want to check this movie out without being like we complain about trailers where it's like here's the movie right yeah. exactly no there's not a lot given away in the trailer other than Obviously, something is wrong. It's right. kind of or- or- Orwellian, nineteen eighty-four yes. feel, but brave not- new world. Something, yeah, like yeah, something in that vein. Yep. But without giving me plot details, like obviously somebody's in control and somebody's saying, "Okay, choice is dead." But beyond that, you know, right. I, my, I don't know what the story. My, is. my only thing is, and I have, I kind of read different people reacting to this on Facebook that had read the book. So there is some concern that it's being done up a bit like the current trend of right. young adult fiction movies. Right. Via like Hunger Games. Hunger Games right. yeah. and, yeah. and all the rest. All that, all that <laughs> um, but is that necessarily such a bad thing if the book is this award winning like No, no, I don't where the and Hunger I, Games. And, and to be was... honest, I don't know enough about the book to see how that would affect it if right. they're going that direction. Right. Yeah, it it could if if like if they didn't if we didn't see what the cast was like if they were announcing this movie and then they only announced Taylor right, Swift it's not, I'd be very nervous. But, but Jeff like Bridges Meryl and Meryl Streep, right? Yeah, like I'm already like okay, I'm on board. Yeah, right, exactly. and just the way the Hunger Games uh, now obviously the Hunger Games isn't as old of a book and it's definitely not nearly as good of a written book. But um, the Hunger Games, you're like, mm, and then they start announcing some names, you know, and they have like, uh, you know, what's his name? Kiefer, dad, Donald, Donald Sutherland, Sutherland and, yeah. and you're like, oh, here, okay, all right, I'm, and then, and then they're good, you know, they're yeah, right. I mean, yeah. it's it's tough because you don't want to just say, oh, 
you don't just want to roll your eyes every time you see a, a right. you know movie coming out that's based on a popular book that happens to have like a young female lead, right. and that may have been popular with like young book, audiences, like the book like, thief, like we saw with that as well. Yeah, like it's like oh okay, I guess this it, is a it doesn't discount them as being you know good stories, right? So I, I don't necessarily have a problem. I, I with look it. at it this way: um, a, it will get people to read. <laughs> and I am I support anything that gets stupid, stupid children to read anything. Yeah. So like that's like why me. the Hunger Games gets an automatic pass for me because it gets somebody to go to a damn library in their life. <laughs> and so, Harry Potter gets a pass. Uh, Harry Potter has some legitimately good movies okay. in, in the well, series. I I, so. I I know that, but I mean, I just didn't know if you felt that way. <laughs> oh no, we've talked about this. Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban's a great movie. Great movie. But if that's the only one you're going to reference, that's the only one I can think of <laughs> off the top of my head. I know the Christopher Columbus ones are god awful, but the, uh, they were ev- good at the time. Everything after that is at least good to okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I'm I, I'm totally fine with them taking like, oh, here's a young adult novel. Let's make a movie out of it, and then young adults will go, hey, this is a a book, a book <laughs> that doesn't have batteries. I can turn, I can I can read this. Okay, so I'm I'm fine with oh, that. You are such an old man. I know, I know. Listen, I just I hate the younger <laughs> generations. <laughs> God, I am old. When when did that happen? <laughs> it's not fair. It's okay. Between I, this and uh, Aaron saying that like hanging out with me was like hanging out with his dad. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this shit. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, great for you guys. Uh, <laughs> we yeah we had, we invited Chris over um, because he had a movie that we wanted to watch. Yep, <laughs> on Sunday night. Don't we think I watch, didn't see right through that shit. <laughs> we wanted to watch the raid. And like, at ah, the end, Chris has it. Yeah, and at the end, I was like, "Hey, Chris, it was nice spending all this time with you this weekend." And everyone was like, "Yeah, it was like spending time with my dad." <laughs> and he goes, "You know, like a cool dad, like a cool dad." <laughs> I'm not. He rides a motorcycle. I'm not that much older. Than you guys. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, really, you're not. You're at not. All. It's just funny. Um, so, but no, I, I, I think. Uh, uh, what you guys said about the fact that Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges are behind this gives it enough weight that yeah, yeah I, I don't see how it could be bad. Yeah. I mean, it could be, but I don't I don't foresee it. Um, so, yeah, this comes out August 15th of this year. So check that out. Next uh, trailer we saw, The Box Trolls. A young orphaned boy raised by underground cave-dwelling trash collectors tries to save his friends from an evil exterminator based on the children's novel Here Be Monsters by Alan Snow. This movie stars Simon Pegg, all fanning, Ben Kingsley, uh, Nick Frost, Tracy Morgan, Huh. And Isaac Hemsfield Wright from Game of Thrones. Oh, who? Wait, who's Isaac? Uh, he plays Bran. Ah, oh. uh, but again, I'm going to interject this. More importantly, it is the next Leica movie. Yes, yes. So yes. Leica is definitely making a great name for themselves. Absolutely. Since Coraline and Paranorman. Um, we now we had talked about Paranorman in an earlier episode. Uh, if you mm-hmm. care about it, you can find it yourself. Yeah. Um, Dig through the archives. I can't remember. <laughs> um. And this looks like uh, more of the same, which is good. Yes. They definitely are carving out a Pixar-shaped niche in the stop-motion animation yes. world. Like, they are they're becoming like, okay, this is a new one from these, these people. I'm excited. Exactly. Um, I think it's, it's 
interesting that these guys are so good at stop motion That's that it true. looks like it's CGI at right. times. Um, and yeah. this is this is a technology that has been around since like the Ray Harryhausen days. Yeah, like you know, King yeah. Kong was done with the same basic mm-hmm. tech, but this looks so good. Yeah. Well, there's so much just endless detail. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I I'm flabbergasted that movies like this are still made because yeah. you look. The, I, I this is a good trailer because it shows the movie, but I really liked the last trailer, which had the lovely, vaguely blasphemous rendition of, of the, the whole, whole world, world in right. their hands. Um, yeah, yeah. But that showcased the, how they made every, it. Yes. That every little tool that they hold. When they open the drawer and it has every goblin face in it. Oh, man. And it's like every expression and yep. or box troll face and you're like, holy crap, there's like just, just every <laughs> utter amount of, of work and, and just represented the, in the, those shots. Um, just the level of care and detail like you know put into it it's just insane it truly is um and, and to see that they, they would make movies like this still to this day when you know you can do this all with cgi yeah you right, can save right. yourself these man hours by just making it cgi but they fly in the face of that and go no we're gonna create something that's truly organic and 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 because it's truly organic i think you get a a much richer feel to it and mm-hmm. you obviously get a company that truly cares about the product in which they're making yeah. you know what i mean like these these movies are are actually like worked for the like they, they actually care about these films they aren't just right. pumping this out for uh just for profit but uh, uh yeah so uh it's exciting i mean these guys they i'm i don't want to name drop look I've been, oh, I've been, oh here it comes i've heard this but, like three times let's but, do this again here we go <laughs> one of my friends oh! works for like uh and uh, oh, cool! <laughs> You're so Parker, popular. Parker knows you people. have the coolest friends. <laughs> so I, wait, wait. We can use. A, we could say that we're friends with a guy. Who's yeah, friends with absolutely. <laughs> Please oh, yeah. do so. I'm gonna brag about this at work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I, I feel like <laughs> I I'm see, a little. I can, hold on, I can see how this goes. Hey, you seen that Coraline movie? No, no. What about uh, Paranorman? <laughs> yeah. Nope. No. What the hell are you talking this about? Is, this is. <laughs> This is what this is what I suffer from every day at work. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, guess what I got my friend Damien and I tickets to? What? To see Ricky Gervais live." Who? Ricky Gervais. Who? Who? He made The Office. Oh, like Steve, Steve Carell? No! <laughs> Get out. I'm I'm your boss. You can't tell me to leave. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. that's uh that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's exactly so. what happens. All right, uh, the box trolls comes out September twenty sixth. Yes, oh. that's a while from now. It is a while really from now, but it out. hey, we'll probably talk about it like six more times. Don't yeah, worry about it, listener. Don't worry. We'll probably review a bunch more trailers for mm, it later. It's true. So. Mm. All right, and now for our feature presentation. All that was lead into the beginning. Yep, yep. That's that's the whole intrigue. We should do that sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Like a really Uh, nice build. That's right. And then the whole episode will be 15 seconds (laughs) long, the actual episode. What did you think of the movie? Good. Okay, good. That's it. We're out. Uh, We review, or we saw the Grand Budapest Hotel. The Adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars. And Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. 
All right. Being a uh, Wes Anderson film, this movie stars a lot of people. So let's just. I go was all down. ready to say, and most importantly, the newest Wes Anderson film. After you went through the names, oh. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to do three of them in one. Oh, stealing all your thunder! No, <laughs> we're like thundercatchers this episode. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that first name there, Matt. How's that pronounced? Oh, Ray Fine. Ralph 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 Fiennes. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> How it should be. Said. I I I, li- I was listening back to the episode. I think when we recorded it or something, and I re- I remembered that I was la- laughing because I was like, Ralph, it makes sound so like blue collar, and you're like, Ray's not much better. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> when I said that, I'm like, oh Ralph, <laughs> and then it's like, oh Ray is like the most blue collar name. Yep. <laughs> it's like Ray Romano. Hey, Ray. Yep, yep. Everybody loves Ray, and it's like the blue collar. I was like, oh, he's not blue collar, but you know, the like every man. Right. <laughs> this movie stars Ray Fines, F. Murray Abraham. He was in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Who was he in Star Trek? Uh, he was just some random villain in Star Trek Nemesis, I nice. think. Uh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Willem Brody. Defoe. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Willem Defoe. Adrian Brody. He's doing Brody Quest. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen Brody, Quest, never seen Brody Quest, you should definitely watch see Brody, Brody Quest. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll it's go. the best thing he'll ever do. I'll YouTube and the it. man has done one of the preeminent Holocaust films of our time. Yeah, here, just here, let, here, let's here just go. watch it, Chris. Yeah, yeah, let's just watch Brody Quest. <laughs> What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> the, best, the best thing ever. <laughs> that's that's almost as crazy as that Lil John video you posted last oh, week. Oh man, that's great. I watched that and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, well, Adrian Brody's in it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, ca- castless, yes. Uh, Will Defoe, Defoe uh, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Ed Norton. Uh, who else do we? Have? Jason Schwartzman. Um, Tilda Swinton. Up, oh, yep. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I, my, my. You don't even realize it's Tilda. No. Swinton. <laughs> No, you don't. Holy I, crap! Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I, we I, talked about this. Matt we didn't realize it, and then it was only I was saying I probably wouldn't have, but only because on the movie poster I saw that it was the old woman. Like, so right. there's an old woman, and this is very old. Like, very, she's like very decrepit old. almost, and it's Tilda Swinton. And like when you know it is, you start seeing her move, and you're like, oh, it's you could see that it's Tilda Swinton then. But if you don't. No to look for it. No, <laughs> it no. just looks like an old lady. And of course, as every Wes Anderson film, Owen Wilson. Oh yeah, he's also the, makes an appearance. Yes. Yep. So and Bill Murray. I, well, I, 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 I know you said Murray, that, yeah. but I mean that's another every Bill yeah, Murray. Yeah, another every one of those every time has to go. As Owen Wilson, he's been in every one though, right? I'm pretty sure because they yeah, were that's like true friends. because Bottle Rocket is yeah. him. So oh, and uh, of course Bob uh, Balaban is also in because he's in every. Who's that? I just don't Bob know. Bob Balaban? By, by his name. I don't know that person. Here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He's been in like every Wes Anderson film. He's great. I love that guy. Yeah. So, Matt Barker, yes. what did you guys think of Grand Budapest Hotel? Well, we've talked about Wes Anderson before on the show. Yes. How he's the kind of <clears throat> director 
where I feel like eventually I should get tired of him. Right. right. Eventually, I'm just going to be like, I'm just I'm enough already. I'm tired of your shtick. I'm tired of the elaborate set pieces and the horizontal cam going everywhere yep. on the on the little train on the dolly. And you know, I'm tired of these emotional yet cutesy situations. But every time, he seems to dash my expectations. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm just like, I love this movie. And it happened again. <laughs> uh, I, I loved this movie. My gut reaction was actually that this is maybe my favorite Wes Anderson film. I think Chris which made is, a comment that I thought was funny. I, I said every new Wes Anderson film becomes my favorite Wes Anderson <laughs> but film. But I don't even know that it's a fresh new car type deal. Where like this is the most recent one in my memory, therefore it's my favorite. No, I love, I, mean, I, I think I think he's actually improving on his true. style and improving and, on his uh, craft. And one thing uh, that I also should mention is that yes, this still is very much a Wes Anderson film, absolutely. But in many ways, it's very different. Yeah, there are um, there are a lot of key uh, differences in this. I I almost felt like this was a more. Um, I, I I don't know if the if, if the correct way of saying it is is a more mature work or just he's mm-hmm. moved on to a, a different um, way of filming his uh, a lot of the stuff that he normally would do he doesn't do in this like he doesn't do a slow mo tracking shot right. which nope. is almost every movie does a slow mo <laughs> tracking yeah. shot um, the his regulars are sprinkled in there right. instead right. of being principal characters. Right. They're they're more cameos. Pretty much, pretty much the entire main cast, maybe with the exception of uh, Ed Norton, are are people that haven't right. really. And been Ed Norton's featured. very recent. Like he's yeah. only since and Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Kingdom. And but, Harvey Keitel and also Harvey Keitel. was in Moonrise Kingdom. Right. But but they're recent but for, additions. But the main main characters are, are right. pretty much all newcomers to Wes Anderson. Yeah, yes. yeah, they're not his normal uh, tr- you know players. Um, and some of them new to acting, right? I mean, Zero as a kid. Yes. I can't imagine he's been in too much. No, because I, I, I think we discussed him. Uh, let me look. I, we didn't mention him. We should because he did a wonderful job. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Tony Revolori. He was in. I'm trying to see if he's been in anything that I would that any of us would have seen. This is clearly his breakout role. Obviously, hey, he was in. He was in an episode of My Name Is Earl. <laughs> yeah, nice. this is definitely his breakout role. Yeah, so. and, and, and Entourage. He was what an a entourage. breakout role. I mean, really, yeah, I mean, he's that's wonderful. Crazy. He's, he's wonderful in it. Absolutely, yeah, he does a great job. I, I would say that he his character is is on the screen. It's just as much like he's the he's the main character in addition to Ray Fiennes. Yeah, I would say they definitely share the role. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. So that actually struck me as a similarity to um, like one of his other movies. Yes, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. Uh, I'm picturing it in my head. No. Oh, Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore. Okay. But that actually struck me as a parallel like to with Rushmore. Bill Murray because and you, Jason Schwartz. Yes, yeah. because you mm-hmm. have this yep. duo that. You know, at times they're at at odds, but they're right. these almost like brotherly duos. Even though they're separated by yes. so many years, they're yeah. cl- they clearly treat each other as equals. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and it's this wonderful partnership that's formed. Yeah, definitely. I I just like I loved the like. I think one thing that that maybe I'm liking I like more and more about Wes Anderson is that his characters. I don't know in in, in recent movies and especially this one, like as 
sometimes ridiculous or or silly as they are, like they have these they have like something about them that that makes them like especially like awesome as a as a person. Like right. a, some of his early stuff, like I just felt like some of the people were like not great people. Right. <laughs> like, right, like I right. didn't really like them some, as yeah. people, but I was like, oh, this is a good character. But in like his recent movies and especially this one, like like Gustav H is like a good person in that he's like he's like so different in this world that they're presenting where it's like this you know with this kid who's like a refugee and like everybody's like wanting to kick him out of the country and, yeah, and yeah. like and discriminate him and he's like you know standing up for him to the point yeah. of violence and stuff and which is weird in a Wes Anderson movie like you don't expect that kind of like almost social Selfless commentary alt, yeah Almost like where it's like, look yeah. at this person like standing up for what he believes in. Right, right. That's not a Wes Anderson's yet, thing normally. And yet the characters are still very fleshed out because, on the same token, he's this right. philanderer <laughs> who basically just sleeps with old older women. Right. For, for their like, money. For their and money, at first, yeah. you're like, at first he, he really does a beautiful job, the character does, of yes. painting this picture <laughs> of like, oh, you know, I'm really just there for these women. I'm right. in their time of need. <laughs> but at one point in the movie, it becomes blatantly clear yeah. that he really is in it for the money. He's just doing it for the money. <laughs> it's a very he even said when, they, when, 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 when they're heading to the... Uh, um, uh, the one funeral, he's like, hey, who knows? Maybe she left us some cash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that level of, like, Parker, what you were talking about, is why I feel this is a more mature work for him because you're right. You usually don't get that kind right. of commentary in a Wes Anderson film, but it's uh, not heavy handed. No, no, not at all. This no, is still this is still funny it, and yeah. and quirky because and still when, very Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I also thought like that it was weird, um, especially when you said mature, because my mind immediately went to the fact that it's also his movies always have like. Like a one or two scenes where you're like, okay, that puts it to a place where I wouldn't like show this to just anyone. Yeah, you like Royal just, Tenenbaums, right. you have mm-hmm. a, like a very graphic suicide scene, and you yep. have like these things. You're like, whoa, like, jeez. But like this, there's is a always movie... a scene where you're really right. uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, and this movie has a few of those, but also it just has so much cursing in it, which is which is amount. so fun. Like yeah. it's not like Nor- Wes Anderson never is. Like adverse to cursing, there's it's always in his movies, but it's I don't know if it was always like just saved for certain moments, like in 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 the other movies. Whereas this is just Gustav H is just the whole time, he's just just cursing, and it, it makes and it it's, so funny because it's historical. Right. Like you you, you, you don't picture think he's, right, you picture like people from the 30s <laughs> or whatever as being you know more proper, right. whatever, which makes it even more funny. Yeah, exactly, right. especially people that are are also proper from that right, age. Right, right, like right, you, Like, you watch the third, like, something from the 30s, and you expect, like, Al Capone is like, Fuck you, yeah. you know, but not like, oh, the concierge. Like, yeah, 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 they're, they're proper people. And he just people. curses immediately, like, starts to film out that way. And it really, like, kind of jars you back into, like, this is a fun movie, like, it, uh-huh. because, like, you have this character so, like, Ooh. and then, like, <laughs> and then everybody's just using this, like, regular language. The, like, the, the, like, the one character that I think is absolutely hilarious is Adrian Brody's character, Dimitri, <laughs> yeah. because he's just so explosive, 
out of nowhere, just all this like hate speech comes pouring out of his mouth, and you're not sure if you like. Dude, everybody in the theater laughed. They all laughed like kind of uncomfortably. I, like I uh, felt like I felt uh, like we were the only ones who laughed out loud though at that scene. I felt well, I felt because I, I was next to Matt and you and like I started laughing and Matt laughed and then I was like listening and I didn't hear a lot oh, of laughter when, when he when called. he says about the he's like stands up and he says like you. Yeah, he just yells, he yells it at the top of his lungs. And it's like, I I immediately just burst out laughing because it was the last thing I thought right. he would have said. Exactly. Like, that was exactly. right. not even right. remotely what I thought was kind of... I mean, just Adrian Brody alone. Yeah. Not even the character. Right. And everything like, was so quiet in that scene. It's a, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a it just will. came out of nowhere. And I, I know, I really, we all laughed. And then, like, everybody else was either not <laughs> laughing or just nervously <laughs> laughing. Well, and I was like, what does that say fair, about we, us as people? Well, no, to be fair to us, right. we saw this movie... Most of you common folk <laughs> won't be able to see it until, I guess, just as this episode is released. Maybe right. this weekend? Yep. Yes. Uh, but we went to see it last weekend in Philadelphia. That's right. It's that fat end of the credit cash. Yep. Uh, <laughs> afford, we can afford to fly down to and we saw this at on our private ship. Called Parker's car. <laughs> uh, caviar was served as the in-flight meeting. Excuse me. <laughs> this is a $100 bill. Would you mind wiping my mouth? <laughs> That's right. right. Who are you talking to in this scene? Uh, are the incredibly attractive uh, ah, the stewardesses. stewardesses that you employ <laughs> yes, yes. on your private jet? <laughs> would, would you please wipe my mouth with this hundred dollar <laughs> bill? I am an invalid. Uh, <laughs> it's not because I'm lazy. I had stroke. <laughs> it's also why I'm talking like this. You're talking oh like, uh, uh, turns out. You're talking like the, the, the voice Cameron does in Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. Rooney? Rooney? Are you listening to me, Rooney? Yeah, you need to do more like a Dick Clark where it. No, because I, I, I aim to, when I do have a stroke, I'm going to aim like to go that way. Gotcha. To really go like the sure, refine. Sure, the refine. The refine. Well, I had a stroke. <laughs> oh, no. Made me seem classy, but I don't have full function of my limbs. <laughs> so you were making a comment about us going to Philly. Oh, yes. <laughs> So we went to a theater that was showing this fi- this film right on like, all five on screens. all five screens. There were showings sometimes only fifteen minutes apart. <laughs> right, yeah. Because we got so, there and Parker was like, "Uh, we can go to the two o'clock show or the two fifteen show." Like, <laughs> huh? So imagine, if you will, the kind of crowd that a theater would draw that is right. only, only showing right. a Wes Anderson film. Right, the and then same you, Wes Anderson. And then right. you have an idea of maybe why people weren't like. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there, the there was word. <laughs> there was there was there was one joke where the the narrator said a like a whole sentence where I understood maybe three out of the ten words, right? And like a couple behind me burst out laughing, and I'm like, I am too dumb to be in this. <laughs> yeah. room. I know that I know exactly what you're talking about because I thought that too, and I was like, I'm a pretty literate person. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think I know if that no. was funny or not. Yeah, I, I was like, I read all the time. I have no clue what that man just said, and I have no idea why you're laughing. Like, part of me was like, surely they're just laughing because they thought it sounded super smart and pretentious, <laughs> not because they actually gathered what was being said. Please don't let that be true. <laughs> definitely, so, that was so that the was the crowd in which we watched this yeah, film with. Definitely, and we stuck out. We no, it, it, but yeah, I, that part of the the film I thought was excellent. Oh yeah, uh, you know, just just because it made it more I don't know approachable and real, and I don't know, it just made it so such a contradict like such Almost. a juxtaposition to the to the what I was seeing. Yeah, have right. him just yeah. be like like blah, 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 like because all of his like you know Royal Tenenbaums, you know, there's definitely like he's not like hiding cursing Rushmore, but I guess because it's set now, that's the biggest difference, right? You know, like set in a modernish day where it's this is so old that you just you never imagine people cursing back then. You just don't really think. Well, oh, and I love Fantastic Mr. Mr. Yeah, Fox right. with the non cursing. Yes, it's absolutely. one of the funniest parts of the yeah. movie. Absolutely. So it made sense there too. But yeah, yeah I, I I think because the the dialogue was so down to earth, and like you said, the juxtaposition of that of what we were seeing right. visually is so not down no, to earth. There's so like, there's no hotel looks like that <laughs> ever um, everything happening in this world is so fantastical yeah but absolutely i i thought this movie was a triumph i really enjoyed it and like i said i i, I, I not because i love like absolutely love every wes anderson film even though i kind of do um i just felt like he's really upping his game every time mm-hmm. yeah. which on one hand, makes me more excited for what's coming next, and on another hand, makes me really sad because it's gonna fall right. eventually. Right. <laughs> like eventually, maybe he'll he's just gonna. Quit. Maybe he'll just maybe quit. He'll just quit, and then we'll be happy. And then we'll be like, "Yes." I mean, we won't be happy, but at least we won't have that last movie where you're like, like "I should have stopped." Uh, should have stopped. Two movies go, pal. <laughs> wasn't that good? So. Yeah, that, I mean that says something about a director when the only bad thing you can say about him is maybe in a few years he'll mess up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's not going to be perfect forever. Well, the thing that's crazy about Wes Anderson is because is that like you look at something like you know, and um, somebody that has a very directorial fingerprint, which would be like the an, an auteur, yeah, right? An right, auteur. An auteur. But like, like a lot of auteurs like have like be, can e- be easily parodied, and then they're a joke, like M Night Shyamalan. Like, right. he has a feel to his movies. And 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 you can easily make a parody of it. And it's hilarious, and then you think all of his movies are a joke. Like at this point, yeah. But like even after that we- that SNL thing where they had the the Wes Anderson horror movie, yeah, yeah. I was right. just like, I want to see this. Movie. I would love to see that. And then I'll go and watch the last. Oh. And I still love Wes Anderson, like, uh, yeah. even though they spot on made Did fun all the of it. It was and perfect. Uh, very recently, College Humor, one of those websites, put out. Uh, the fantastic Mr. Star Fox. Yes. Where it's I did all the see Star that. Fox characters. Yes. Video itself is pretty funny. Uh, the best part is definitely Owen Wilson as Falco. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If you can imagine That's that. Very perfect. But yeah, again, I, like, seen this I yet. wish <laughs> after watching it, my the overwhelming feeling wasn't like that was hilarious or like, haha, Wes Anderson and that that's silly, all those right. things that he does. It was like I really want Wes Anderson now to actually do that movie, right? Because it'll be even better, right? Like, yeah. I'm viewing this as a trailer, and I'm upset because now this I this can't see like it real. doesn't exist. Yeah. I can't yeah. see the full length version. The, of the one thing that always gets on my nerves when people complain, like people gripe all the time about Wes Anderson films, are oh they they, they all look alike, they're all the same. I'm like, yeah, but 
like you see what he's doing? <laughs> like, you see how good it is? Nothing okay, looks like if, that. If, if the man right. has one note, he's playing one hell of a note. Right. Um, and this movie is no exception to that, where... Like, the second you look, you could look at any frame of this film and be like, yeah, yeah. it's a Wes Anderson film. Right. But he is he is changing just enough that it isn't getting, like you said, it, it, it we yeah. should be getting tired of this, but we're not. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you look at, like, you look at, like, music and people somehow don't have any problem with a band sounding like themselves forever. <laughs> like, right, right. You know, and then it's like, oh, that's fine. But as soon as you're like, as a director, it's like, uh, yeah, you've done that already. Yeah, you've done it's that like, already. Move on. Like, what? Well, and it, I think the if important thing... If it's good, thing, like, just keep doing it. And I think the important thing is, again, that he, he has evolved. Not every right. film he makes has the same message. No, no it's, it's true. It's not always hitting the same notes. Mm-hmm. No. Even no. though there's a lot that's similar and there's definitely a theme that he's always following... Uh, he never makes you feel like, oh, this again. Exactly. Like you never watch exactly. two Wes Anderson films really and, and think that. Right. Uh, right. I can't. I right. can't think of two that I would watch in a row and be like, oh, this again. Yeah. Right. So and even and the only two I I would say would be like Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, but they both came out around the same time. Like they came out pretty quickly. But then there was. Even, but then there was yeah, nothing, nothing like it. Like those were the first. And even then, there's some. There's some big differences yeah, there. No, definitely. But I, I feel like the, the tone of those is very similar. But the pro, but the thing is, like, they still, there was nothing before it. It's almost like oh, when you talk yeah. about, like, Quentin Tarantino and you have, like, Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's very much, whatever. But it's like, think about what movies were like before this came exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Like, it was actually a landmark. Right, right. Like, this is a moment in time where it's like, whoa, this is way different than exactly. anything I've seen before. Exactly. So, like, it makes sense that those two can be similar, and then, mm. you know, whatever. Um, the other thing that I think goes, like, under the radar when you're talking about Wes Anderson films, I can't think of too many directors who can handle this level of an ensemble cast yeah. and still make it work. You know what boggles my mind is that he willingly works again and again with Ed Norton, who I have... Read interviews. Right. And oh, he's read incredibly about, difficult to work. Yeah, with. about how he will just take over sets, mm-hmm. <laughs> and clearly there's something that happens there between them, between those two, or or Ed Norton just respects Wes Anderson so much that it doesn't happen. Because if 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 it was happening, we'd notice, we'd see right. something in the film where oh, like, oh, something happened here, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But and it's that's not what happening. I mean. how, how Ed Norton he... plays his smaller roles in the movies that he's been in, and that's it. And he plays there, those small roles well. There's something about Wes Anderson that he can take people who are traditionally difficult to work with. I know um, I've, I've read like Willem Dafoe isn't exactly easy to yeah. get along with on the on the set. Um, and and he works with these guys who have huge egos, right. who are you know big star names, and he jams them all together in this ensemble cast, and it shouldn't work. But somehow he juggles it correctly, and it works every time. The thing yeah. that I always love about his movies, too, like with the ensemble, like when he always has all these different actors and stuff, it's like you said, it shouldn't work. And then not only that, but like you could take any like five to ten second moment from this movie, and like each one is like necessary and like good in its own right. Like there's not a lot of like filler. Ever no. in a West like every no moment, every detail, every like whatever is like you could just watch that one ten second clip and be like, oh nice, I see what he did there. Like, right, exactly. Every single and like, how do you do that as a director where you don't just have like, okay, well we got to get some stories, so have them talk, 
and then just get through it or whatever. Like, right. even well, let's put this part in because right. he's in the movie, and we right. need we have to talk yeah. establish it yeah. or something, whatever. This, like, there's none of that. You're like, it, how do you do that? It feels like where we're, we're a lot of times most films are started either without a script, a finished script, right. or they have to make a ton of changes on the set. It feels like Wes Anderson films, he has all that already mapped out. Like He's just that good of a director that he can just, he maps everything out beforehand so that there are no spots where like, well, crap, we forgot about this, right. or we got to figure something out real yeah. fast. Oh, great. We never yeah. established that. How do we where, do where, this? Where, where's the writer? Get him on the set. We'll figure this out real quick. <laughs> It almost feels like there's none of that, where it's just him going, no, I I got this. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's supposed to happen. Um, and that, again, is just that speaks to this, the craftsmanship of the films mm-hmm. that he does. So. Yeah. yeah, and I liked the, you know, it, it, it. I had to actually try to pay attention um, to the fact that the um, aspect ratio was changing. Like, when I would it's look for seamless. it, when I would look for it, I was like, okay, I see it. Like, clearly, like, you could tell that the sides are cut off and then in the other shots that are wide. But, like, it, it, it works so nicely that, like, it, you know, that when they were talking about this, it made it sound like it was going to be, like, weird and jarring. I thought it was going to be distracting. Right. Just, like, flick, 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 or something, like, whatever. And it, you don't even notice it at all. But when, when I would notice the change, I wouldn't be able to tell you when it changed. Right. Like, I'd be like, oh, good, we're in the long shot now. Oh, no, we're back to this shot. Yeah, oh, we're knowing yeah. this. But, like, it was after the fact. I never noticed the moment that yeah. it flipped, you know? So. Speaking of that idea, I do love how... This movie, almost unnecessarily, but it still it still is great the way it works. Is like an Inception type scenario, where kind of a flashback within a flashback, within a flashback, right? within a flashback, yeah, within a flashback. Yeah. But it really goes through like four different levels, yeah. and um, it's almost like you know you could easily start this film back in the 1930s. There'd be no problem with that, right? right. But but he almost he's... makes a point to be like, oh no, this is a story within a story within <laughs> right. a story within yeah, a story. Yeah, because it starts out this, with that girl visiting uh, the the author's grave, right. yep. and then an interview with the author about the time you met this guy, right. talking about, about writing that book, about writing the book <laughs> or writing. Yeah, like by the time, <laughs> and then and, and, takes... and then it's the guy about his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I that. mean, it's a good, it's a good, like maybe. Seven eight minutes before you get into the actual storyline, story. yeah, and you've gone probably you've gone more than that. Three, probably like 10 you've to gone through minutes. like four intros. Yeah, you've gone through like <laughs> the introductions of four sets of characters. Yeah, it's pretty oh, great. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I like great. that a lot. Yeah. And then, so uh, it, this definitely begs the question, as all Wes Anderson films, what was your favorite cameo? Um, obviously, we we love the main actors, but what was your favorite right. cameo? I loved Harvey Keitel. Because I didn't know it was him at first. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't know it was him. But I guess with his ha- I, head, yeah, I, like I, I knew that I recognized him, <laughs> right. and I was like, "Oh, it's him! It's him!" And I was like, "Who is it?" Gotcha. gotcha. Um, it but yeah, Harvey Keitel. He's like heavily tattooed. Heavily and tattooed. He's just this and he looked way younger than he should be. Yep. Like I've seen him. I almost thought maybe it was a C- they CGI yeah, his he head onto buff, somebody else's body. Because I've seen him in a movie. You know, where inevitably he gets naked, as he does in most of his movies. Yep. And I was For like, whatever dude, he is so old. And that was like when I was in college. <laughs> I remember seeing a movie and seeing him get naked and then go, oh, God, he's so old and wrinkly. And he was like buff. And that's like 15 years yeah. later. I'm like, How are exactly. you doing this? Like, 10 years it's later, crazy. I'm like, stop it. Um, yeah. Also, stay tuned for our next episode where Harvey Keitel stars in Taxi Driver. That's right. Oh, well, yes. not really stars. Well, he's in it. He's in but, it. He, um, and he has his pants very high. Very high. 
So uh, my favorite uh, cameo, I'm going to have to go with Bill Murray. I thought that was, that was absolutely great. <laughs> like at I one like point, he's like on the phone. And he's like, he's like saying something like, "Okay, great, okay, whatever." And then he's like, and then he goes right back into concierge. He's like, "Now, if you're gonna want to walk, um, you go down here." <laughs> Just exactly what a concierge does: yeah. shows you the map yep. and and does it upside down with the pen. And it's like, walk down this road, Main Street. You make a right onto the. <laughs> My favorite part is they're treating these these group of concierges almost <laughs> like they're uh, like an extraction team for a spy movie or something. A secret society. Yep. yep. And they but, get in the car. But you then realize how completely inefficient it is. <laughs> yeah. Call all that. It's just him. <laughs> My favorite part is when he gets in the car and he hands him his bottle of like very special French <laughs> cologne, and he's like. They only came in the small bottle. Yeah, we yeah. Are, I can only s- get the eight ounce. Yeah, right I can now. only get the eight ounce. I am so sorry. <laughs> and then, and then, Ray Fine's character like offers him money. He's like, like, we should what, offer. What, what do you have on you? you we I, should offer something no, no, as no, no, a place. <laughs> yeah, as a symbolic. <laughs> but they hear it. They he hears the whole exchange, and then he's like, no, 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 please, please, It's almost like it's almost like the concierge. It's like the concierge were a part of the Freemasons. Yeah. It's so great. I love so, it. Love and it. then when he's like, I got your tickets third class. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was <laughs> very late. It's the best we could do. <laughs> oh, then he gives, he gives him like uh, ties. Here's for yeah, the dining car. <laughs> for the dining car. Gives him ties. And they're like peasant wear. Oh, uh, that's great. Uh, my, my, ca- my favorite cameo, I think, has to be. Willem Dafoe. I just he have is to. super good. He is in this. super good. He's super from, Willem Dafoe because he barely talks. From a man who's done so many good <laughs> villains. Yes, this he just a... like embodies like the scary ass <laughs> Nazi like yep. SS assassin. Yep. You know? Perfect. I guess the, this is like a fake right. country, but there's like basically this... it's supposed to be Nazi. Nazi, German. right? And right. I think there's this SS, but it's two Z's, Z's. instead, and yeah. it, it's like. And Willem Dafoe just plays this like hitman <laughs> slash errand like fixer guy who, yeah. who works. I, I I don't know. I thought he was maybe the brother of, or maybe just works. For, I, I thought he just worked for him. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But he, he works seemed for like Adrian he was in the Brody. family because he's just there. And all he's the got time. that like buttoned up like <laughs> double breasted yes. like leather like, jacket with the little strap that comes out, and he has like a little thing of like whiskey. He, he has a holster. He has a <laughs> holster a for a pistol, and yeah. then a holster for a flask of whiskey. <laughs> But it was like just, there was like a perfect fold yep, down flap yep, just yep, <laughs> just for his I whiskey. want that. I, <laughs> that I want to have sweet. a gun just so I can have that jacket. I, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm um, a, I'm, I'm a look on Etsy right now. See uh, he he has these little skull uh, right. brass knuckles, yep. more like steel knuckles. Something, yeah. And just he just looks scary the entire, the entire time. time. He, ba- he barely talks. Barely he talks at all. Lines, and he just he just is the the scene. No, you know what? I'm not going to ruin that one scene. No, with him. don't. Yeah, because that <laughs> scene, I fucking lost it. And which leads me to my like my other favorite cameo was clearly Jeff Goldblum. Oh yes, God, he's great in this too. Yes. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's uh, let's slap a rating on this thing, Matt. What do you got for me? I am going to give it nine out of ten. Skull shaped brass knuckles. Nice, nice, Parker. I'll give it uh, two and three quarters out of I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, I'm good, I'm I'm good gonna equation. give it, I'm also gonna give it nine out of ten. I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Literally pencil thin mustaches. The oh, zero yes. oh, literally yes. draws on his face. 
Oh Until he finally he Yeah, at the end he grows one But the, in the first part of the movie <laughs> It's just him drawing his mustache <laughs> on It's absolutely wonderful So, uh, Yeah, by the time this uh, episode Comes out uh, Grand Budapest Hotel will have opened Wide, or at least guess, in, 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 if, if in You're local area, in, right. in our area, you can definitely see it um, yeah, Penn Cinema will be bringing it To their theaters if, mm-hmm. if it's not in a theater near you Check it dry. Actually, yeah. it's worth actually, you'll have to wait a couple of days. It's the twenty eighth. Oh, okay. Well, good. Then people will listen to this and go, "Hey, maybe we should see that." Maybe we should oh, check it okay. Out. It'll be the weekend after. Oh, nice. even better. Much. Yeah. Even wow. Better. It's almost like we're a real program. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we had a screener. No, oh, nice. We got to do this more often. No, we just drove somewhere. <laughs> you too could have. No, had we, got a screener. Screener. we got a screener. We got a screener. Yeah, we got a screener. Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson sent sends us personal. screeners. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check out Grand Budapest Hotel. It is v- incredible. It is really worth watching. I know a lot of people I talked to said, "Oh, I'm kind of tired of West End." Just right. go see no. this. You now, won't I, regret it. Stop I, it. I will say that like Pamela hates Wes Anderson. She just huh. never liked him. Ah, well, don't tell me these things. And, I like your wife. And <laughs> we went to see Moonrise Kingdom, and she loved that. But she okay. still does dislike his other works. But she did like that, which I thought. Oh, I mean, he's getting somewhere. She liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, but like for different reasons. She right, didn't right. really care for his his like fingerprint on it. She just loved it because it was a Roald Dahl book that she had read. So that part was, you know, she was happy with. But yeah, so she liked Moonrise Kingdom. I'm curious to to I, I might watch it with her at some point. Um, but I'll I'll, I'll report back what a non Wes Anderson fan thing. Yeah, I, I'd like I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to hear what she be has interesting. So, all right. Well, that about wraps it up here for us on Enter the Critic. Uh, as always, want to wait. Oh, that's right. Wait! Big news! Big news! Hear ye, hear ye! <laughs> Where the hell is this coming Tonight, from? Tonight, in the year of our Lord twenty thousand and fourteen. All right, March twentieth. At 11.41 p.m. Don't know. You're giving, you're giving the, away all the magic. <laughs> ignore that time code. <laughs> the, Enter wait, the critic. In the year of our Lord, year you are listening to it. Date you are listening to it. <laughs> time you are listening to it. <laughs> this be the greatest podcast in its 50th episode. That's right. For all those people who said, Chris, why the hell are you doing this? Well, I ignored you. He still, <laughs> he still doesn't have an answer, but he has 50 representations. That's right. That's right. 50, uh, uh, described by a uh, co-worker, 50 really overproduced podcasts. So, Guys, yay. as a celebration of us getting to 50, mm-hmm. we should each name our favorite. We should kiss. We should kiss. Oh. No. Oh. I was hoping that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but oh. then you said that idea, and I was Dang like, it. you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> wow, look at the We time. should name what? Uh, we should name our uh, favorite movie oh, yeah. with uh, 50 in the title. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. Okay. 50-50. Um, good. Okay, you Got took that out it. of the way. You took it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with- Oh, boy. I'm going to uh, have to think of movie titles with 50, and this is going to take a while. There's really not that many. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, Fifty First Dates. <laughs> oh no! Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Chris, you. Can I gotta g- think of one better than. That. Oh, I, uh, I got. I got nothing. Um, 
does like 50 Cent count? I was going to say you could take a movie <laughs> that 50 a, Cent has been in. Yeah, he's, he's an actor in... Oh, 500 Days of Summer. That has a 50 that in it. That has a 50 in it. Yep, they just added a zero to it. I will go with Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. <laughs> nice. Nicely nice. done. All right. Nice. Yeah. What a great celebration. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, this has been an episode for the ages. Oh, oh, here, here, here we go. I, f- I found out today that a uh, co-worker uh-huh. talked her roommate into listening. So uh, a shout-out. Hey, hey, Jess's roommate. <laughs> I don't know your name. Didn't answer the question. <laughs> I, I don't know your name, but if you're still listening, what's up? I just made your day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yo, no, yo, 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 shout out. Say your name. Oh, here we go. Here I, we go. I don't know. Shout I don't outs. know her name. Are we doing? Are we doing shout outs? Yeah, we're doing, we're shout doing shout outs. Outs. I guess. I guess we're doing. Yo, shout yo, yo. Outs. Shout out to my boy, Mikey. Unky Mikey runs the Facebook page. Yo, word love. You've been listening to the episodes. Does he like to be called Mikey? I'm pretty sure Unky he hates Mikey. that. Eh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Michael despises yo, uh, that. Word up. Word up to my home dog. I'm pretty sure he just quit the podcast. <laughs> Facebook. Word up to my home dogs, Tony and Michelle. You got that cute dog, Charlie. What up, Charlie? I know you listen to the Wait, cat, so now is it a, sh- a shout out to Charlie? I think <laughs> Not even to Tony and Michelle? No, they got it too because they raised him. <laughs> raised him up. Raised him up. I mean, yeah, her. is a girl. Yeah, I said, I said girl, and then I then went I to boy it. again. How about, how about, All um, right, let me give some shout outs. Well, Yo, Blair, my boy on. Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> my boy Biopic. <laughs> Those aren't shout-outs. Those are just words I've mispronounced. Oh, what? Yo, I want to give a shout-out to Han Solo, Mario. Uh, uh, shout-out to, uh, I don't know. What's another word you say weird? Oh, let's both give a shout-out to Cosmos. Let's give a shout-out to Cosmos, yo. Yo, always talking about them planets and shit. Cosmos. Cosmos, baby. This went downhill real fast. I didn't see this coming. Uh. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Word to Chris's mom and dad. They're not listening anymore. Yo. No, my dad still listens occasionally. Yo, Mr. and Mrs. K. I just want to say. Sorry I said about S and a D earlier. (laughs) Sorry that I talk about. Sorry that I talked about sucking dicks earlier. That's not appropriate. And I'm sure you don't appreciate that kind of language. And I just want to say, it's not your son's influence that's been rubbing off on me. It's right. been myself. It's the other way. We, I, we I've, been, Chris. I've been rubbing off on myself. Ru- <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I guess that thanks, means we're done. Thanks for giving birth to him and everything. So, Good job. No, we did it. So we told we did the Kickstarter. We told you we'd do 50 episodes. So you're welcome. See you, everybody. See you later. Wait, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Shut it down. Pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're ending on a cliffhanger. Will Will under the credit come back? Uh, yes, yes, we're totally Stay coming tuned. back. <laughs> yeah, what are we coming back with? Oh, uh, the next movie driver. we're doing is Taxi Driver for the Netflix. This is going to be our classics series. <laughs> End of the critic classics. Yeah, that's right. All right. No, seriously, remove our central programming unit. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Hal 9000. <laughs> I was programmed. Trailers. 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 It's full of brownies. 